0: Welcome to church everybody. It's great to have you here with us today. Today is something very special. It is of course Mother's Day and so we just want to really pay special tribute to the mums amongst us and to celebrate and honour you on this day that is Mother's Day. And for us who are not mums, may we make special effort to go and celebrate and to pay tribute and and, and give thanks to our mothers. Uh, We've got a little video that's been prepared which just gives us some insight into uh, the the blessing that mums are and uh, into the the insight of how some people, different people think about their mums and what they appreciate about them. So we're gonna play that video and uh, followed by that is gonna be a special greeting for mums and then I'll see you back shortly. She's the boss, she's definitely the boss. She's like the mother of my faith. (laughs) She's so selfless, I don't think I've met anyone who's made as many sacrifices as my mum and who does it with such a joyful heart. She's always loyal and always does
1: what she says she will, even if she doesn't want to. Mum can be angry
0: one minute (laughs) and she's got the killer look in her eye and then she's full of love the next minute. The best character of my mum is definitely loving on us, even when we, when we probably don't deserve it. She brings people together. She's like a glue. She just holds all the pieces of our family together and she's just an amazing person. She does it so carefree, so easily. She's always got this joy about her. My mum just will constantly give of herself and, and never um, grumble or ask of anything in return. She just loves to, to give and be generous.
1: My favourite thing about my mum is her cooking because obviously she's an Italian so she makes the best food ever. <laughs> she also just loves to sit and chat and um, there are sometimes like I just call her and we just talk for hours and it's just really nice to be able to just I guess call her and, and just have a chat with her. I love that
0: she's just so bright and bubbly like if we're going to church in the morning and she sees someone that she hasn't seen before she's like, oh I haven't seen you, hey my name is Melita. It's like. I would never be brave enough to do that. I love my
1: mum because she's always there for me, even when I annoy her sometimes. My mum kisses me. The most special thing about my mum is that she's mine. I feel pretty special that she chose me as a daughter, because she's actually not my real mum, so that even makes her more special. She plays an enormous role in showing us what the love and
0: mercy and grace of God is. Through all the stuff that she's been through, now I can see that her faith in God and Jesus has been so strong and she's never once doubted anything that has come her way. Her resilience in her faith, and I guess her unwavering faith, no matter what, is something that I look at now and I'm just like, dang, <laughs> dang ma. She makes lots of crazy expressions and I think that's the funniest thing about Mum. Can you do one? Do an expression. So she says...
1: What you do?! Why I tell you not to do this one?!
0: (laughs) She made me lunches through my whole entire university degree, so... She's the real MVP. She does everything.
1: I am the woman I am today because of her. I feel like I'm the blessed daughter. The most blessed daughter in the world.
0: I love you Mum, I don't say it enough, but... Yeah, you're my number
1: one. Just want to say a big Happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. Happy Mother's Day.
0: Well, isn't it great to uh, have those special greetings as well? Uh, and paying tribute to mums today. Uh, There's no real announcements for us today other than that the work continues at church. um, Painting, uh, pretty much done. There's just one or two little things that we'll be doing. Uh, But other than that, uh, it's just such a blessing to have have work completed and uh, to have a building that is so fresh and vibrant. There's going to be some photos of it and how it looks at the end today as well. Uh, And if you haven't, jump on our Facebook page, there's been some updates on there throughout the week, some little videos. Uh, So make sure that you uh, you check in. And um, if you don't already like us on Facebook, then do that. Just go to facebook.com slash Baptist, and we are right there. Um, You can also get us through the website. Uh, Today, we have got um, an opportunity again to give for those that are able. Um, Details are on the screen and uh, they're also in the emails that come out each week. I really hope that you are looking after yourself and those around you and I hope that that God is continuing to provide for all of our needs. Uh, We have been blessed as a community um, in the northeast here to really not have the virus hit very hard at all. Um, in fact, there's hardly been a, ha- a case at all up here uh, in, in wayne proper. Um, but uh, we have experienced the economic uh, impacts of that, with many people, you know, doing a lot less work, um, some even no work compared to what they were before. So we are aware that there are circumstances that have changed for people. So please don't put yourself um, out. Um, make sure that you're looking after your family first, and uh, and and. Worship God in as many ways as you can, and if finances is one of those, then great. If not, then uh, that's okay for, the, for for a season such as this. So let me pray for us all, and then we'll get into our message too. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for the way that you you bring us hope, and uh, even in moments like this, Lord, we can see that there's there's a glimmer of hope at the end of this tunnel. Lord as, as, as lockdowns seem to be looking to be lifted shortly Lord we thank you that they are and may people who have been struggling with work Lord may work return and may that return in abundance and uh, Lord we pray for your continued provision through this time so Lord be with us now we pray and guide our paths Amen
1: Oh To me from the inside out, Lord, let justice and praise.
0: from Hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 to 12 Uh, and and this as we continue our series in faith we look at the story of Abraham now Abraham uh, we, we see his story recounted for us in Genesis and it goes from Genesis chapter 12 right through to Genesis 25 so it's a massive big chunk it's almost a quarter of the book of Genesis, uh, which, which deals with, with Abraham and his life. Very foundational uh, character in, in the scriptures. And I'd encourage you to read through the account of Abraham, through Genesis 12 through 25, in the in the next week or so, so that you can fully understand the impact of this man who lived a life of faith. Um, but in this series, we're going to spend two weeks on Abraham, this week and, and next week. And before we get into Abraham's story. I want to pray that God would use this story to to reach into our hearts and touch us deeply. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that right now you would give us a desire for us to know you more intimately and that your desire for us to learn from this example of generations gone past would be clear so that we too can live lives of faith lives that are lived according to your plans and purposes for us. Be with us now, I pray. Teach us, speak into our hearts and lives, we ask right now. Amen. So get your Bibles out or uh, follow along on the screen as we read the first account uh, of Hebrews 11 uh, of the story of Abraham's faith in action. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 12. By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Verse 8 is noticeably clear. By faith Abraham obeyed. Obeying for some of us doesn't come naturally or or easily. We have our own ideas, our own priorities, our own plans, our own dreams. And when someone tells us to do something that might not perfectly line up with those, with our own intentions, obeying can be hard. But Abraham's obedience was prompt. He heard from God and went. He doesn't say that he, he went for a goodbye tour like John Farnham. He went. Abraham's obedience was prompt. Abraham's obedience was also practical. Faith obeys God by launching out upon his promises and by doing what he has called us to do without question. If faith does not work, is not practical, then it's dead. And Abraham's obedience was progressive. When Abraham left Ur in Genesis chapter 12, it wasn't the only step of faith. We read in verse 4 of chapter 12, Abraham went. Verse 5, Abraham set out. Verse 6, Abraham passed through. Verse 8, Abraham moved. Verse 9, Abraham journeyed on, still going. Obedience in faith is a continual walk, not just one step, but one step after another, after another, still going on. Abraham's obedience was peculiar. What Abraham did was very odd. To pack everything up and and just go for a wander, you'd be considered off your rocker if he did something like that today many people today think that people who go and pack their whole stuff up and go off to be missionaries that they must be mad but but not if god has spoken and faith is obeying when we moved up here just over a year ago we didn't even have a house lined up to move into and so we borrowed a motorhome to live in for a few weeks and some people might think that was mad but we were being obedient To the particular call and the peculiar call that God had for us. And Abraham's obedience was productive. By simply hearing God's voice and doing his will, Abraham produced something for the glory of God and for the blessing of millions. God wonderfully multiplies our simple acts of faith and obedience. So we see that, that Abraham's obedience in faith was prompt, practical, progressive, peculiar, and productive. Good examples for us to put into practice. But what we also see in what Hebrews 11 touches on is the life of holiness or the life of separation that Abraham was called to. He was called out of a comfortable life amongst his familiar environment and was called to a life of promise. But that life of promise was set apart. It was holy from everything he had known. That's really what holiness means, set apart unto God. See, many people may be unfamiliar with what God means by living a holy life. It it does mean that that's separated life a life that is set apart unto God. So we live life separated from things that dishonor God, what we might call worldly things. Living a life of separation can be tough though, as as we all know, especially now. You know, we're not called to a life of isolation, but we are called to live by faith, a life that is separate from all that is outside the will of God. And separation to all that is within the will of God for our lives. Set apart from sin, from corruption. And set apart to the Lord himself. Set apart to love him, to trust him, to obey him, to worship him, to walk with him, to work for him. But there are three aspects to this life of faith that God wants for us. There is the call to separation... The call to live a life set apart unto God. A life of holiness by faith. There is the cost of that life. And there is also the compensation for a life lived by faith. Set apart unto God. The call to a life set apart. See Abraham's call was progressive. It was a progressive call. God did not call Abraham once. He called him on a number of occasions. First, to leave Ur. This is from Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. So Abram left as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Abraham, Abraham was 75 when he was called by God. He then lived to be 175, which is impossibly old by today's standard. Yeah, and speaking of, of old people, an 80-year-old man went for his annual checkup and the doctor said, Friend, for your age, you're in the best shape I've seen. The old fellow replied, Yep, it all comes from clean living. I know for sure that I live a good clean spiritual life. The doctor asked him, what makes you say that? Well the old man replied, if I didn't live a good clean spiritual life, the Lord wouldn't turn the bathroom light on for me every time I get up in the middle of the night. And the doc was concerned. You mean when you get up in the night to go to the bathroom, the Lord himself turns the light on for you? Yep, the old man said. Whenever I get up to go to the bathroom, the Lord turns the lights on for me. Well, the doctor didn't say anything else, but when the old man's wife came in for her checkup, he felt he had to let her know uh, what her husband had said. Your husband's in fine physical shape but I'm worried about his mental condition. He told me that every night when he gets up to go to the bathroom, the Lord turns the light on for him. He what, she cried. He said that every night when he gets up to go to the bathroom, the Lord turns the light on for him. Ah, she exclaimed. So he's the one who's been peeing in the fridge. (laughs) But back to Abraham. He was called at age 75. So if he lived to 175, he was 42% through his lifespan. For us, if our average age is 85, which it's around there, then comparatively, Abraham was pretty much the age I am now when he was called, almost 36. That was when he was first called to leave Ur. He was then called to leave Egypt. Genesis 13, 1-4 So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. He was then called to, to leave Lot in Genesis 13, verses 14 to 18, then to obey him by an act which typified separation, circumcision, as we read in Genesis 17, 9 to 14, and then to offer Isaac, Genesis 22, 1 to 18, which we'll look at in a lot more detail next, next week. The progressive nature of God's call on each of us means that as his servants, we need to keep in very close touch with him from day to day. God has placed a call upon each of our lives. There may have been times in the past where we've heard the call of God, where we've obeyed and and then we stayed. We've stayed where we got comfortable We stayed where it once worked. We stayed where we were called at one time. But God's progressive nature is one that wants to move us onwards and upwards for His glory and for the advancement of the kingdom. One thing we can get distracted by as we are called to serve the Lord is we can get distracted by wanting to please people rather than appeasing our calling. We shouldn't try to be pleasing people. We should be appeasing our calling. What are you called to do? What is it that God is calling you to act upon tonight, tomorrow, this week, next week? The progressive nature of God's call means that as his servants, we need to keep in very close touch with him from day to day. And Abraham's call was also a particular call. It was not a general call, but a specific call which came to Abraham. In his case, it was to separate from Ur, his home, his friends, his safety, his comfort, his security. And for many of us, we will not be called to do this because God needs witnesses right where he has planted us. In our suburb, in our neighbourhoods, in our community, in our streets. But before we can know that we are in God's will, we must have a particular call from him to us concerning his will. What is it that God has called you, you particularly, to? Abraham's was also a practical call. There was nothing passive about it. If Abraham was a pacifist, we wouldn't be reading about him today. Abraham's call was practical, he obeyed the call and took action. Can you imagine Abraham packing everything up, telling his wife that they were leaving? Can you imagine that conversation? Honey, pack everything up. We're moving. Okay, dear, so, so, so we're moving. Where to? I don't know. We just gotta go. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you mean you, you don't know? But, I, I, I don't know, but I don't know where it is we're going to go. I just know we got to go. Um, honey, have you thought this through? Uh, what will we tell our friends? We won't have a forwarding address to give them. Do, do you know anyone where we're going? What about the weather? What, what sort of clothes will I have to, to pack to, to wear? Is there a river or a lake? You, you know, I like going for a swim. I'm sure that that conversation would have been a lot different. (laughs) But the strangeness of it still, you know, with Abraham saying to his wife, Sarah, we're leaving and I don't know where we're going, but we're going crazy. But Abraham was called to a life set apart. It was a progressive call. It was a particular call. And it was a practical call. But there is also... The cost of a life set apart. To Abraham. Living a life set apart unto God. Meant he would lose a lot. Not just his family member lot. But he would lose a lot. There was a cost of living a life set apart unto God. So what were some of his losses? Well. He really he had the loss of personal freedom. He was now no longer a free man. He was from now on the Lord's slave. And we have similar teaching from the New Testament about being a slave to God. Romans chapter 6, verse 18. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. We are slaves to God. That's what we sign up to as Christians. We give over our desires and our plans and then we accept and obey the desires and plans of God. But it also means a loss of social standing. See, Abraham was doing quite well for himself. He would have been very well respected and probably got invited to all the good parties and, you know, he was a hard worker and And at 75, when he set out, he had many years to build up his wealth. But the cost of separation meant the loss of social standing. He left it all behind. All the social networks that he had established over his 75 years were gone. It also meant the loss of human friendships. You know, first he had to leave all his friends in Ur, and later on he had to leave his nephew Lot. It reminds me of the words of Jesus Matthew ten thirty seven to thirty eight Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. For Abraham and Sarah, leaving would have literally meant being cut off being separated from all their friends. You know, we've moved around a fair bit. In my life, I've lived in Geelong, Sydney, Nara, Hobart, Adelaide, Melbourne, and now Wangaratta. In each of those places I lived, I made friends. One thing that makes our world smaller is technology. We can call or text our friends or catch up with what's going on on social media, We can even video call. But Abraham and Sarah were cut off. They didn't have any networks for connection like we have today. And it would have been very lonely indeed. It also meant the loss of home, comforts and ease. Can you imagine what life would have been like thousands and thousands of years ago? Taking your whole family and moving from place to place through the Middle Eastern desert? No cars, no trucks, no comfortable highways. Not only was the way forward looking hard, but to know that they were leaving behind a life that was easy and comfortable at home. And, and you know, Paul gives us some perspective on this in Philippians chapter three, verses seven to nine. He says, "But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ." It also means a loss of worldly gain. To live a life of separation, a life set apart unto God, often means a loss of worldly gain for the children of God. Jesus reminds us in Mark chapter 8, verse 46, What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? And look at the comparison with Luke chapter 14, verse 33. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. What are we living for? Are we living for more worldly gain? Or are we living as disciples of Christ and living for his kingdom, living set apart unto God? For Abraham, the cost of living a life set apart unto God was great, but all these losses were only temporary because there is also great compensation for living a life set apart unto God. There are compensations in a life set apart. For the losses Abraham experienced by following the call of God and living a life set apart unto God, well, there were definitely also certainly gains that came with his obedience as well. And if we're prepared to live a life set apart unto the Lord, what are the gains which we will experience? Well, from the example of Abraham, we see that we gain the special presence of God. You see, after lot parts ways with Abraham, God speaks to Abraham and reveals the future to him. As Abraham continued living set apart unto God, as he continued to demonstrate his faithfulness to the Lord, the continued presence of God remained with Abraham. One compensation of living a life set apart unto God is that we gain the special presence of God. And for us also, we have the physical presence of God with us always through the indwelling Holy Spirit, our helper and guide. We also gain the special promise of God. Abraham's continued faithfulness to a life set apart unto God opened his future to receive a special promise from God. Genesis chapter 12 verses 2 to 3 says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis thirteen fourteen 14-17 The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offering could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Genesis 15 verse 1. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Genesis 17 verse 6 to 8. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now an alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. These are incredibly special promises that of God made to Abraham. And God makes special promises to us too. Look at Mark chapter 10 verses 28 to 30. Peter said to him, we have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children of fields, and with them, persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. What a promise that is. For those who follow the example of Abraham's faithfulness and are prepared to suffer loss for the sake of the gospel, God promises abundant return on our eternal investment. We gain the special protection of God also. The promise of God to Abraham was the guarantee of his protection until his promise was fulfilled. Joshua 23 verse 14 I am about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed not one of god's promises will ever fail and we also gain the special provision of god in genesis 17 1 the lord is revealed to his servant as the almighty god the the el shaddai which means the all-sufficient one the enough god What a compensation for gladly, willingly and humbly living a life set apart from all that is displeasing to the Lord and set apart unto the Lord himself, the enough God. God is enough. Christ is enough. So today we have seen that Abraham's obedience in faith was prompt, practical, progressive, peculiar and productive. Abraham was called to a life set apart unto God. His call was progressive, particular and practical. And Abraham paid the cost of living a life set apart unto God. The loss of personal freedom, social standing, human friendships, home comforts and ease and loss of worldly gain. But Abraham also enjoyed the compensations in a life of faithfulness as he lived set apart unto God, which that life is made freely available to us all as we too gain the special presence of God, the promise of God, the protection of God, the power of God, and provision of God. You know, all of this was founded and sourced by Abraham putting his faith in action. Each step he took was a step of faith. God was for him and no one could stand against him and our great and awesome God. Abraham lived a life of obedience, which led to a life set apart unto God. And the question for us is that, are we living a life of obedience? Are we living a life obedient to God and set apart unto him? Are you following the calling which he has placed on your life? Have you set yourself apart unto God in Christ Jesus and to his purposes? Well, if not, then may I encourage you to surrender your own plans, your own desires, your own dreams, your own ideas. Surrender them to God. Set yourself apart from your own self and set yourself apart unto God. Submit to God's call on your life In glad obedience, surrender yourself to the hope of the gospel, willing to pay the cost of following God's call on your life and looking forward to the rewards of an eternity with God. If you would like to surrender your life to the call of God that he has for you today, then please let me know so that I can support you in your decision today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in gratitude that you have made it possible for us to have a life that is lived in faithfulness to you. Lord, may we also be obedient to you. And in our obedience, may we be prompt Doing what you say when we ask. May we be practical. May we actually do the things. Not just believe the things. May it also be progressive. May you continually call our lives. Call us time and time again to to the next thing that you have for us in obedience to you. And Lord may it be unique for us too. Lord we don't all have the same calling individually. But Lord, may your peculiar call for us be one that gives us strength because that fits who we are. And may we be productive for you and for the kingdom. Lord, we we also thank you that you have indeed called us and that that you have given us um, the unique things for us to do to bring you glory and to bring the hope of the gospel with us. But Lord... We understand that sometimes there is a cost to adhering to a life of faithfulness, of setting ourselves apart unto you. And Lord, today may you give us the, the courage to pay that cost continually for you. But Lord, we know that there is, the life of faithfulness to you is not a life that is without reward. And so, Lord, we thank you for the compensations that we do get for living a life set apart unto you. Lord, we gain the special presence of God. We gain promises of yours. We also gain your protection, your power, and your provision. And so, Lord God, I just pray that right now, as we surrender ourselves again to you, that you would indeed lead us forward into what you have for us to do. And that, Lord, you will continue to give us your power, your provision, and indeed, God, your protection. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's sing, Christ is enough. Thank you for joining with us again today for church online yeah, church at home it has been wonderful having you join with us and uh, particularly on this wonderful day that is mother's day so if you haven't already go give her a call let her know that you love her that you appreciate her and everything she's done for you and uh, take a moment to just share the gratitude that you have with her uh, Maybe like you, you could uh, do something special. I know our kids have got a few things planned for Kelly and uh, I'm really looking forward to to her having a a great day. And I pray that all the mums around us uh, would would feel the love today, uh, even though it might be a little bit different to our normal Mother's Day, uh, but it's still gonna be a chance where we can connect and, and really express our gratitude. So I encourage you to do that today. And uh, I just really want to end with this special blessing to all you mums. Thank you. Bless you for all that you do. And everyone else, look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Happy Mother's Day!